turn my mic up. Take there. Yeah, yeah, uh. On the road to the riches. Life takes a toll like bridges. Good friends become foes and snitches. Better watch who knows in your business. Alright, Hustle Fam, Shaman Ramel, we are back with another amazing episode. So, one of the most heavily requested DMs, one of the most frequently asked questions I get. They like, yo, man, when are you gonna talk about the box trucks? When are you gonna talk about last mile, final mile? So listen, man, your wish has been granted. I'm here with the man himself, Chris Bright, my brother, oh. aka Last Mile Legend, That's you it. know what I'm saying? That's it. That's Box it. truck bright formally. Yes, sir. What's yeah. up, brother? Can't call it, man. I'm blessed, man. I'm happy to be here, man. Thanks for having me. So, so listen, man, this one is special, bro, because I have literally like watched your ascension, right? I've, I've just seen you come up. I saw you go from student to teacher, literally, yeah. within a couple of years. Yeah. And first of all, I want to say I'm proud of you because Thank you, man. like you've been working, man. Like you put in the work. Uh, you've been just out there making sure you connect with the right people, connect the dots, making the right business moves, and you've just grown your business in front of our faces, in front of my my face specifically. Because I've literally watched you from like a brother who's trying to get into trucking to now you got your own lane and you're doing your own thing. Right. So so th- that that makes this interview extremely exciting for me. So first of all, officially, welcome to Truck and Hustle, bro. Hey, I'm, I'm happy to be here, man. I think. Um... Since since episode one, yeah. right? I think I think after episode one, I reached out to you and just like you know, like if there's anything I could do to help, let me do that. And and now from there, and and same to you, man. You know, you're going on 100 episodes, man. So um, just thanks for letting me be here, man. I, I really appreciate it. And like I said, it's just been a great journey so far. No doubt. And you've always showed love, man. You've been one of the the, the guys rooting me on and supporting me from day one, man. So this is special, man. So let's get it. Let's get it. I, I said I want to bring you here. I said I, you know, I know you're going to add crazy value because you're doing this in real life. You're growing your business every single day. Absolutely. So I, I want to talk about it, man. I don't think there's anybody better but you in this space. All right. So before we get into you know the business side of things, let's talk about the backstory. Let's kind of catch people up on who you are and how you got you know to where you are today. Like where you, where you from, man? Let's let's yeah. get into the story. Man, I, I I am from none. I am from Jacksonville, Florida, also known as Duval County. Okay. Um, it's a great place. You okay. Know, um, it's um, it's it's a city that has challenges like everyone's city. I grew up in the inner city. And um, and ultimately, I um, I just learned how to hustle there. You mm. know, I, I always have had to put myself in a position where if it's something that I want, you know, I've had to go earn it myself and go and get it. And uh, from an early age, you know, I just have always had something. You know, I've always had something I was selling, something I was doing um, to provide for myself and help my mom, my family. You know, um, always I pride myself on never doing anything illegal. You know, so I've been able to do what I had to do and, and, you know, and I was able to pass down temptations to do things that may have landed me in in wrong spots because I knew where I didn't want to be at. You know, I knew the things that I didn't want to put my mother through. I knew I wanted to be a good example for my little brother and my nephew. So with all that being said, I always challenged myself to to think outside the box and, and find promising ways to not only just earn income. Right. But just provide opportunity and just be a good example. So, um, so like I said, you know, I, I grew up in Jacksonville, um, graduated, you know, not anything spectacular as far as a student go. I had my challenges like everyone else. <laughs> right. Where'd you go to school? I went to Reigns High School. Okay. The Reigns High School. Okay. So I, Infamous, I went, huh? Yeah. Oh yeah, man. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> okay. So, so I went to Reigns High School, um, 
you know, like I said, I wasn't any standout student or anything, man. I, I barely graduated, right? And, you know, but at that time, my grandfather had a conversation with me and I, I remember it, you know, like it was yesterday. He just sat me down and said, you know, um, I'm proud of you. And he said, um, you know, you have two options. You know, um, if you get out here and do the wrong thing, I'm going to bail you out one time. But if you get out here and try to do the right thing, I'm going to support you no matter what. So college was never on the on the menu for me, so to say. So I, I went to junior college for two years and, and um, it kind of started to find my groove in school, okay. you know, because I knew it was something that I had to do. And then I went to University of South Florida, probably one of the best things that happened to me in my life. You know, going to USF, I met lifelong friends there, you know, um, that I, you know, just love to death. And um, and that really just taught me the power of networking, you know. So I say that to say in every phase, I've always had different learnings and lessons. So, um, you know, coming out of college, man, I got to corporate America. I did insurance for a while. And... Um, and it was cool, you know, but I always just had the feeling like I'm not supposed to be doing this. Gotcha. You know, if you tell me, I, for some reason, I get turned off when I figure out when, they, when you can tell me how much you're going to pay me. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, right. I'm one of the people, I don't want a salary cap. You know, right. I, I don't want to be limited. I want to be paid based on my efforts, be paid based on what I, the, the value that I truly, truly bring. So, you know, but I'm also content with making the most out of where I am. Right. So I, I leverage, you know, relationships and my networking capabilities. And within five years of working with a, a very large insurance company, I was able to go from a call center representative part time to being a, a claims team manager for litigation claims and having no litigation experience, just pretty much the ability to network, you know. And again, and, you know, I went to where I was making six figures with the insurance company, but it just I wasn't I didn't feel good about it. Right. You know, um, so my. Original passion and my, my passion is, is printing and designing clothes and things like that. So I always did that on the side, making money in college and things like that. So I wanted to take the opportunity to to not work anymore. Right. And start my own business. So I jumped off the ledge and I took all my money. Right. And I just jumped off the edge with with no mentorship, with no guidance, no anything. And I started my own print company. OK. So I packed my family up and we moved to Orlando um, where I opened up a print shop in the Florida Mall. And it was beautiful, right? It, it looked great, you know. It was it was appeasing to the eye. Everyone was proud of me for what I did, but I didn't really have a game plan. What was the name of that shop? Ink and Thread Studios. Ink and Thread. Ink and Thread okay, Studios. Okay, cool. So so I opened up this print shop, man, and it was cool, you know. But that was probably one of the most challenging years of my life, you know. Health wise, I was on the decline, you know. Family wise, you know, it was it was rocky. Right, and and I was putting all of my time into this business. I mean, I was doing eighteen hour days. And at the end of the day, there was no money there. Mm. So I was bleeding out cash, right? Didn't have a game plan, didn't, you know, ask for help or anything. I was just going because I had the confidence I could get it done. How much did it cost you to, what did you have to invest to open that spot up? Man, I, all in all, man, I, I put close to about 60 to 70 grand in getting that started. Wow. And, um, and it was a pretty good business, you know, did six figures on the revenue side, but there was nothing left. Gotcha. You know, there, there was there was no profits left. You know, there was no game plan. There was nothing in place. So I was essentially just working for free and working to say that I got a shop, you know, and and pride. You know what I mean? When people from my community came to Orlando to see the grand opening. And, you know, so it was more so of a pride thing. But, you know, I had to come to a reality moment and just be like, you know, it's either this business or my family and, and, and my health. And, you know, and this isn't it. Right. So uh, with all that being said, man, I shut it down. You know, I shut that business down. Um, I had to lick my wounds and, and get back to it. That's probably, you know, it was it was rock bottom for me. 
you know, I, I lost a lot of stuff, you know, I, I lost my truck, you know, I had this pretty red truck that I had worked so much and loved and um, I lost it, you know, I never forget that. And, um, and from that moment, I said, you know what, I'm gonna get myself back into corporate America. I'm gonna work, I'm gonna get myself back on my feet and, um, and then I'll assess things when I get from there. So, you know, I got back in corporate America, bro. I uh, started working again and it was great. You know, I've managed to do the same thing, get in entry level claims representative and move my way up from an intermediate claims adjuster all the way to a senior level adjuster. Um, had opportunities to go into leadership, but I just still didn't have that satisfaction. You know, so I so I never stopped printing. Right. I just moved back to Jacksonville and took all my stuff, put it in this old garage and just printing out of that. My best product was was a socks. I would do dice up socks for football teams. And I knew seasonally I would always make this money coming back. And, um, and man, it was like September, October of 2019. And, um, and I'm in the garage with my brother-in-law and, you know, we're pressing out socks and my mom thinking, man, like this can't be it. You know, I know I'm going to make money off of it, but what's going to happen when I make this sum of money and the season's gone, what do I do then? And I don't know what it was, man, but just something just said, you know, just get into, you know, look into trucking, you know, look into, look into something that can be potent and, and run. And even though you don't have a CDL. So I started my research there, man. And, um, and I ran across something that was saying, you know, courier services, right? So I started researching courier services and, um, and trying to find my entry point into transportation because I wanted to use my previous experiences of losing all my money and having to be the entire business and, you know, and, and having to shut down. I wanted to, I use all these learned lessons to say, okay, but what do I want to avoid in this new business? Right. And the biggest thing that I wanted to avoid was not having enough money to accept the bumps and bruises when they happen because they will happen. Right. So, um, it was the same thing for me. You know, I was ready to empty out a 401k. I have no problem ever doing that. You know what I mean? Like run that. You're willing to bet, bet on yourself. Every time, bro. Every yeah. time. So, but I wanted to do it the smart way. Right. Right. I, I had been through the pain and, and, and did all those things and I wanted to avoid that. So, you know, so that ruled out the semi truck for me. Right. I didn't have enough money. I probably had enough money to get one. But I didn't have enough money to really get into the business and be in the business. Okay. You know? what, what did you think was uh, the number that you needed in order to get that? Well, for the number that I thought that I needed would it be at least like 40K in liquid. Okay. You know, I felt that, you know, I um, I would need that and then some because okay. there are things that I knew that there would be things that I cannot expect that will happen. You know, and I learned that in the printing business. So um, and that was just about all I had. Right. When I looked at all the things I had and, you know, place like, well, I'm not I don't want to spend everything to get started. Right. How can I get started in something and learn as I grow, start small and with the end, with the goal of ending big. Right. So um, with that being said, man, you know, I um, I just kept looking to courier services. You know, I, I learned about the box trucks and started looking into my market and doing research and just identified that it was a it was an opportunity in box trucks. You know, initially when I got started, my game plan was to get started in box trucks and then grow to a semi truck. That was that was what my thought process was. OK, it was almost like, you know. Just like when I went to college, you know, I went to junior college before I could go to university and I accepted that. Right. And I made the most out of it. Right. So when I left the, the junior college, I left as a dean's list, you know, 3.8 GPA, highest it's ever been in my life. Right. Because I accepted it. Right. Because I knew that I could bet on myself and move forward. Same thing with this. I accepted the fact that, OK, maybe you can't start with a semi truck, but let's get started with the box truck. So that way you can grow and you can learn. Um, and ultimately, man, I just I fell in love with it. Mm. You know, I, I found 
a niche, right? I, I felt that I was in the, the right space. So I started with this box truck. I didn't know much about it, right? Okay. So I jumped into it. Um, what kind of truck did you get? I bought a 2014 uh, Peterbilt. Okay. I love Peterbilt's and I bought it because of the looks. So I'm one of the type of people, man, where if I want it, like, you know, I still want the things that I want, right. you know? So I, I, I probably, I spent way too much on it. <laughs> uh, How much was that? Um, well, the first truck I purchased was about like 38,000. Okay. But it was a really nice truck. Um, okay. It is a really nice truck. It's my favorite truck still to this day. Um, but as far as the terms go, you know, I had one of those biweekly gotcha. uh, payments right. and had to put 30% down. So, but it was one of those things where I knew that, hey, if I get it, and find the balance that I'm looking for, I can manage that. Right. Right. And I also accepted the fact that I'm not going to quit my job until the business is prepared. I didn't want to force my business to take care of me. Okay. So I bought this box truck, you know, um, didn't know much about it, right? I bought the box truck, didn't even have my, my DOT paperwork done, okay. you know, because of the things I've heard. So, so I had to go through all these bumps and bruises uh, to get my truck going. And, um, and when I finally got it going in November of 2019, you know, um, I was running it myself and I was still working my nine to five. So I would literally work my nine to five, get a little bit of sleep, you know, wake up at midnight, go run, uh, probably get back to Jacksonville, maybe like eight o'clock, 830 or so. Right. So I got this driveway that's not suitable for the 26 foot box truck. So I would literally pull all across my grass, hop out, go take a shower drop the truck off and then go to work. And I did that for like six months. Wow. You know, because um, I wanted to learn the job for myself. And I, again, was willing to do whatever it took. So I did that until I, you know, found found a way to hire help. So that's when I learned about hiring people. You know, I took past experiences from doing payroll. So I want, I just systematically built everything out. And, um, and I, my biggest break, you know, uh, so my biggest break came in April of uh, 2020, right before the pandemic and everything started, you know, I, um, I saved up more money, right? So I said, you know, I'm gonna get me a second truck. So I, I bought me a truck on auction, right, at Richie Brothers. And um, <laughs> I flew to Tennessee to get it. I'm so proud of myself, right? I'm about, about to buy a truck cash, you know, um, I drove it back, recklessly drove it back, right? <laughs> I remember one time I was driving it back, I cut it off to get something to eat. It went cranked back up. So I spent two hours like in somewhere, I still don't know, trying to find a jump, start a new battery. But, you know, I drove the truck back. I put like three or 4,000 more dollars into it. And um, it was like, prepare, like, hey man, this is my second truck. You know, I'm, I'm about to do this thing, um, you know, and, 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 and keep it moving. The engine blew out in 60 days. Wow. wow. <laughs> so, so yeah, so, you know, that happened, right? Yeah. But I accepted it. Right. You know, I, I accepted it and um, a great, you know, a great friend of mine, DeMarco, you know, he just, um, he just taught me like, you know, find the good in it, you know, and, um, and I would always be against him when it came to leasing versus buying. Mm -hmm. I'm like, man, you know, it don't make sense to, to lease in this space with this model. And then I finally like, man, you know, he's like, man, sit down and look at the numbers. Right. That's what he told me. He said, sit down. Don't talk. Don't talk to me about anything. Sit down and look at the numbers. So I'm going through. I'm kind of depressed. You know, my, my truck is I'm thinking my mind. I spent all my money on the truck and, it, and it's gone. Right. So, you know, God ended up blessing me, man. Right. Was able to grow my fleet um, by three more trucks. So I went from one to two back to one. And I added three trucks within a matter of 10 days after that for absolutely free. OK. So okay. then it was like, OK. You know, now yeah. it's getting real. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's, it's working. Something's yeah. working. Something's working. Slow, slow down for one second, because I want to just go back a little bit um, to 
you're 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 working your corporate job from mm-hmm. nine to five and you're running at night. Correct. Who are you running for and how did you get that opportunity to be able to have this work with your box truck? Yeah. So what I identified was the best market for me to get into in my city was going to be with Amazon. Okay. Right. The largest business in the world. And it just so happens that Jacksonville has about six distribution centers. Right. So for me, that was my target because it was the easiest way for me to get in. It was the most cost effective. And from what I understood, it was going to be the best opportunity. You know, I would search different job postings and see things and call brokers and get information. And everybody kept saying Amazon, Mm. Amazon, Amazon, Amazon. So I identify like this is what I'm going to do. Were there any other uh, companies that were on your radar that you could work with or was it just just Amazon? You know what, bro? It was the fact where once I identified Amazon with a few of them, I didn't care. (laughs) It was like you just stopped right there. Yeah, because this is something like you have to just get started. You know, just prove, just get started. And once you get started, more things will come. Okay. I, was, I was I was kind of content with that. And honestly, it's one of them things, man, you know, when that job start getting on your nerves, bro, you just looking for, okay, I'll take anything at this point. I just want to start the business because I, in any business that I've been in, I've always started again from the bare minimum. When I started doing shirts, I started with literally one shirt and a transfer. And that grew to, whether how good or bad it did, it grew into the entire shop. Where, it, you know, again, the numbers were the numbers, but we still, you know, we're running, gotcha. right? And so everything I'm just used to starting absolutely from the bottom and literally getting it out of the mud and making the most of it. So I was confident in my pursuit of this that, hey, if you just get started, you'll figure it out. Now, did you have a CDL? No. Okay, because I, I think a lot of people think you have to have a CDL yeah, yeah. to, to, to do a, have a box truck. So you don't have to have a CDL at all? No. Right? Um, is there... Well, that depends on the weight. So, okay, so t- talk about that. Okay, so in box trucks, um, generally what you see primarily in the last mile portion is going to be non-CDL requiring equipment, which means that it's a 26,000 GVW and down. So GVW stands for gross vehicle weight. So as long as the box truck is under that 26,000, it does not require a CDL license. You can right. drive it without. If it goes a, a pound above it, at that point, it does require a CDL, maybe a class B, but it does require um, a CDL in order to operate it. Gotcha. Why, why is that that you see uh, majority uh, non-CDL in the last mile niche as opposed to the ones that are heavier and, and are, are CDL required? I would say it's more so based on the weight of what we are transporting. Okay. You know, when you're talking about, you know, I have operate 10 trucks nightly in Jacksonville and, you know, they're literally transporting goods and boxes going to the customers for Amazon. So, you know, Amazon will put a pencil in the box. Right. So the weight isn't as much. It does not require as heavy duty of a, of a, of a truck. So it's one of those things where I think for, for, from the efficiency standpoint, it just makes sense to use non-CDL specific box trucks in order to retain as much as you possibly can okay. in, in, your, in, your, uh, in your bottom line. Got you. So when you're, when you, okay, so you, you have your truck, you identify Amazon as a company you want to work for. What did you do to actually get, did you get a contract with Amazon? How did that work? Amazon Relay. Okay. Amazon Relay, it's, 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 it's all there, you know, so with Amazon Relay, you go through a process of pretty much identifying, you know, that you want to carry for Amazon. Of course, they have their requirements, so they'll ask you of insurance requirements, um, verification of your authority, and pretty much it may take about two or three days okay. to get verified. You know, Amazon is all about performance, so they will let you in, but you have to perform. Okay. You, know, you have to have good performance and the better your performance is, the more you can be rewarded. Um, because again, my business has solely up to this point been 
based off of the spot market for Amazon, not contractual work, okay. all being in position, understanding the operation, understanding the, the times to have trucks posted, um, and just making the most out of every opportunity they put in front of me has really gotten us to the point that we're at now. Got you. So when you start working with them, are you dealing with like their own load board? Are you dealing with a specific dispatcher? How does that relationship work when you start building with Amazon initially? Yeah. So everything is driven by Amazon Relay, which is the load boards. Okay. Everything, so whether their application for navigating to, to their locations, uh, for checking in, for scanning items, everything is driven through Amazon Relay, which is, like I said, their own personal load board. Got you. How, how did you know which loads to take early? Like, why did you know what to accept, what you should accept, what made sense for you when you were looking at your numbers? How did you identify that? <laughs> Again, man, you know, um, when I got in, I did what I had to do, right? So I got with the, I got with the broker. So I, I, again, you know, I was not an expert in it. I knew that. Um, I didn't know anybody that was doing it. You know, I didn't have anybody I could call. I couldn't find any information for this specifically on YouTube, anything. So I found a broker that would bring me in. So for my first six months, I was running with a broker and paying 15% to them, mm. you know, which was which was heavy, you know. And um, but again, it's the price I paid to get that consistency so that I could learn the game. And then after six months, when I got into my second piece of equipment, that's when I started to that's when I learned how to dispatch trucks. So I went from again from one from one to two back to one to having four. And then I had such a high presence in the city where people would see my trucks and see that I'm running consistently. So they would want to run with me. So now I went from having my own four to I was dispatching 10 trucks every night. Mm. So I'm, you're talking about, you know, I'm, I'm quitting my job. Like, hey, it's a, you know, it's a wrap. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right, 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 let right, me right. get let me get what you owe me. I'm done with it. And uh, my first month out, when I knew it was real confirmation, my first month out um, in that month, I, I grossed what my salary was at the job I had just quit. Got you. So it was like, you, you know what, okay, okay, God. You, in the month. <laughs> yeah, in the, in the month, in the month, man. In the month, I, I made my salary on the top line, but none, not needless to say- And you said you was, had a six-figure job. So we, this is 100,000 at least. Yeah. Yeah, okay, okay. Yeah, so, um, so again, it was just one of them things where I just continue to identify that, listen, you know, be patient, you know, stay content with where you're at, because what you're doing right now, it's about to blow. You know, right. we got this pandemic going on when it started to happen. In my mind, you know, I'm kind of sitting back, you know, with, doing the, with the Birdman hands. I'm thinking to myself, well, if they shut down malls and stores and all these other things, that's going to increase the things that Amazon has to ship. You know, that's going to increase the need to get supplies and things to people so this what we call identifies last mile like this is a great space to be in right you know so from that point i went all in right, right. so my next thing was um i wanted to get into vans okay but before you got into the vans let's let's just put into context where's your operation at at that point you said yeah. you had 10 guys yeah 10, so are all these your trucks or do you have people that are working under you how does how does that op operation go yeah so it was like 50 50. Okay. so out of the 10 trucks it was uh 50 of them were, were no limits and then the other 50 percent would be owner operators that I would, you know, allow to run under my dispatch for Amazon. Okay. So I'll just charge them 10%. And then again, that kind of sh showed me the power is not all in the truck, you know, where I was making revenue with very limited liability 
you know, because I had done the appropriate things and been able to, again, connect the dots so I could dispatch owner operators and still generate more money just off dispatching. And where did you find those owner operators? You said they found you in a lot of cases yeah. too, right? They heard about what you were doing yeah. and they kind of reached out to you? Yeah, well, again, by me being there, like I say, in the trenches, right? By me being there every single night, building relationships with people, they knew who I was. And they seen me, they seen me grow from one truck to now they see all these no limit trucks. I put big, bright black and red stickers on my truck so they would see my trucks grow. So they're like, hey, you know, you're doing something right. right. These are people who may have one box truck and and I would, you know, get drivers say, hey man, you know, my the owner operator's not treating me too good. You know, mm. what do you do? And again, by me having been in the role, I understood what makes a good situation for a driver. You know, the things, the, the smaller things, you know, the appropriate equipment, nice equipment. You know, doing care, uh, you know, things of, of, you know, just out of care, keeping waters in my truck, you know, calling my people and checking on them, really getting to know my people. So I started to develop my ability to recruit people and not only recruit them, retain them, mm. because that was the biggest thing that I identified. I can have all the trucks in the world, but I can only drive one truck at a time. Right. And I knew that I did not want to drive the trucks all the time. So I committed to doing it so I could learn about it and develop myself. And as I said, it's pretty much an effort, effortless for me at this point in time to get drivers as needed because my drivers bring me more drivers. Got you. Got you. So you literally, because you were there, you literally snatched up people from that working for other carriers and they're like, come, come to no limit. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. You know, hey, if you don't want your, 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 the owner of your truck, you know, bopping all in your truck, hey man, come, right. come. Come on over to no limit, right. come, man. Come to no limit. That's what it was, man. You know, having you know things as small as having you know nice T-shirts. You know, um, just just the little things, and being a stand-up person, really has helped me at this point in time. Because in as I as we grew into a bigger scope of things, not just a box truck, the last mile is highly contingent on having good people. Right. You right. know, because it's all about volume. So you have to have people to move the packages. Mm. So that's the number one asset to me in my experience in trucking is the people, is my people. And that's why, you know, that's that's where we're at. So so for people who don't know or don't understand, define what last mile is before we before we move forward. Okay. So so last mile is essentially um the process and the gap from the person or the you know the customer ordering the good to actually getting to their door. So, you know, you go through things like a level it's called cross docking, where all the goods may be in one facility and then they start to, you know, break things down so they can start moving closer to their destination standpoint. So once they get to like a, a cross docking facility and being broken down to, again, get to even more focus to the county, to the area, to the post office, that's the last mile. So it's basically getting it to the doorstep compared to the warehouse or the store. It's literally you know, that small gap, which is now more prominent because everyone's ordering offline. So that's really the last mile is, you know, um, just that process of goods, like I said, from the warehouse to the customer. Got you, got you. Okay, cool. So let, let's continue the story. I think we kind of put some context around everything. Yeah, so you, yeah. you had the 10 trucks, you said 50-50, five, five was yours, another five was other people that were working with you. Now you start identifying Sprinter vans as another option, right? Yeah, yeah. All right, so talk to me about that. Why, why, why Sprinter vans? All right, so... Um, we're getting smaller now it seems like yeah we're getting smaller we're getting smaller so um again man you know um i'm big on just um trying to recognize my opportunity 
you know what I mean? And being confident in what I'm doing, not fo focusing on my race. Um, so, you know, just, just talking to, you know, the people that I rely on for information and, you know, just be like, Hey, you know, last mile is a good spot. You should, you should stay right there. You know, I never forget DeMarco told me that it's like, bro, you know what? Okay. You know what I mean? Like you were right. Let me, let me stick right here. And then it's, 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 it's scaling to be a trillion dollar industry. You know what I mean? Sector of transportation in general. So, um, I knew that I didn't want to get more box trucks because I'm only doing Amazon spot market. So I did not want to overpower my operation and put too much pressure on me dispatching all of these trucks, you know, and take the risk of having idle equipment. I much have rather have focused on maximizing the utilization in my current fleet compared to adding more trucks. So, um, you know, I knew that I wanted to get to the to the package side. And I applied for Amazon, you know, and I got denied and um, and I use it as motivation, you know, so I went out. I started this is DSP. Yeah. OK. I got denied for that. And um, and that was probably the best thing to happen to me, you know, so I um, I focused prior to on building a good relationship with my credit union. And I pretty much went to them and said, hey, I, you know, I want to get a van and they approved it. And um, you know, just doing research, found out some outlets that I could utilize my vans through and uh, pretty much let them know, hey, if I get a van, can I get an opportunity to, to prove and show? And um, and it happened, you know, so I purchased two vans and got into a great partnership. So now all together between Jacksonville and Atlanta, you know, we have um, 18, 18 vans uh, operating. Um, and we deliver well over 1500 packages a day, uh, have 30 employees. Uh, but again, that just started from me wanting to get into it, um, you know, being denied, as I said originally, and just not accepting that to be the end. It's like, okay, you can tell me no, but the industry is still here. Right. So until you want to tell me yes, I'll just still become great at it. You so, know? So, so how does that work? Because they denied you. So how are you still, how do you still have a business? What are you delivering? Yeah. Well, the thing about it is last mile and package delivery does not just stop with Amazon. Okay. You know, we we service, you know, we're 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 the we're the people delivering the Nikes to your door, you know, the polo that you order, the food preparation kits, you know, everything besides Amazon is what No Limit Express delivers. Mm, got you. All right, cool. So let, let's 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 talk about the sprinter vans real quick. Do you are is it actually sprinter vans? Is that yeah. what you purchase? Yeah. Why sprinter vans as opposed to any other type of uh, van is there anything with that specifically and um, to, like to people who are interested in that what did you look for in a, in a van when you go to purchase one yeah so just with last mile in general I think the biggest thing that people have to realize is that you can literally start with just your car so people want to know well, how do you get started and I always say I recommend you get started from the bottom how do I do that do you have a car okay great now you have a business you know you can work even things as small as technically Uber Eats is technically last mile, like you know, to an extent, right? right so right. if you have a if you have a system in place and you understand what the revenue I'm making, if you allocate a certain amount to reserve for growth, you can literally start from the bottom and work your way up. Uh, when it came to the Sprinter vans, you know, again, I'm the type of person where if it requires a certain type of equipment, I want that equipment. You know, uh, we got a saying that you know you got to do what the big dogs do to be a big dog. Right. I don't see Amazon out here delivering, you know, in, in, in Astro vans and things like that. And it's not knocking anybody. That's what, that's what your option is. But I had the opportunity to get the proper equipment through the business. So I took that opportunity to get the right equipment. Gotcha. You know, so just I wanted to have, I rather, you know, needed 
uh, what, what is it? Have it and not need. What, right, you know right. what I'm saying? I know what you're saying. I but understand. that's I, I rather had again just went and got the best equipment that I could get, and it just so happens at, at that time, thankfully, my business, you know, in, in my first year of business, just in box trucks alone, man, you know, uh, we did well over you know 700, mm. and that by itself was enough to for the bank to see that and see that this is a consistent business. Cause the only thing they're looking at is the cash flow. Right. Now, of course, you know, all that's not left, right. but they still see the cash flow in the in the growth potential. Right. So they and, and banks love trucking companies because because of the cash, cash flow. flow. Yeah. So again, the the box truck business had set me up and put me in position where I could take and seize the most out of that opportunity. So it put me in position that I could go out and get the best equipment that I needed to get this business started. Got you. Is there anything that you want to look for in terms of like cubic space in the van that you have to have? Like, to is a certain minimum requirements that you should have when you purchase a van? Right. So we go for the high tops. You know, I'm in the part of Express Group. Um, we, we purchased the high top cargo vans, the full size ones, you know, to go into the cubic space of ease, doing something that, I, I, you know, I'm not that one. Right, you know right, what I'm right, saying? Right. So, but the thing about it is in last mile with packages, this is this is a different thing compared to sprinter vans and cargo vans going over the road for expediting that may be moving generators and that type of thing. You know, we're moving packages. I've rarely seen, I haven't seen our sprinter vans get full. And that's with a hundred hundred pieces in it, you know, hundred packages in the morning, and we're not even, you know, breaking a sweat in the sprinter van. Right. So the, you so it's not it's not even necessary that you have a full-on sprinter van to have a last mile delivery service or a big one. You know, you just need uh good capacity. Uh, and it and also depends on, you know, how much volume you're taking daily. Right. Yeah. Right. Now you said earlier, you said, you know, Amazon denied you, right? Yeah. So you yeah. said you pretty much went out and said, hey. If y'all ain't gonna rock with me, I'm gonna find some something else. Absolutely. How did that process work? Finding some other the other game in town. Yeah, well, you know, I think you know already, I, I'm big on relationships, right? Relationships are everything. And learning from my previous experience, the thing that I didn't have, the thing that I had been so successful with in corporate America was the fact that I was good at indicating the people I needed to work with, right? That would help uh raise me you know so i would be good at identifying hey do i have any frat brothers that are here in leadership and you know what what can i do to get into good grace and i did not apply that to my printing business i thought i knew everything right so i learned from that you know what was the difference the biggest difference was the people the guidance the mentorship the the, the relationships and um and i so from day one in trucking I will always try to find good people to surround myself with. Whether they are successful at what I'm doing or not, I feel that I can identify positive traits out of all leaders, right? And just combine them in, in for me. You know, what do I want to take out of this leader that I like that, that they do and apply it to myself? Right. So with the relationships that I have, you know, um, it was very simple. You know, because we were already growing into that direction in Atlanta. So it was just a matter of, oh, you know, you're doing adjustable too? Let me make a phone call. And it was pretty much, I went to the company that we do packages for. I remember going in there two weeks prior, right? I knew about them and going in and talking to them, saying, hey, you know, this is my biz. I want to run a cargo bands for you. Like, okay, cool. Fill out this application and, you know, we'll talk to you. Two weeks later, after I get, after the relationship uh, garnishes me a phone call, next time I go back, they oh, yeah, Chris, come on, man. This is your spot. And they were like rolling out the red carpet for me. All because, you know, the, the temperature, like it had completely changed. 
So I went from, you know, about to be an entry level person to now being a contracted vendor for this warehouse, you know, during peak season. Mm. So it was one of them things where, again, it just went from zero to 100, you know, in the in 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 snap of a finger because I didn't get my first van until it was November 2021. Right. No, 2020, rather. Right. right yeah. Right. So it was like, you know, it just it just really happened very, very quickly where it went from, you know, one van to, OK, I got to get another van. And then we just scaled up. And like I said, we're currently at 18. Got you. So you leverage the power of relationships. Absolutely. Basically. So for someone who doesn't have those kind of relationships, right, and they find themselves in the same shoes as yourself, they want to get into this last mile space and they're not, you know, accepted by DSP. What would you tell them to do? I would say first, before you even, the thing about it is that, you know, I hear a lot of people say, you know, how do you get contracts? How do you do this? And, and, and in last mile specifically, it is highly contingent on relationships. And not only that, like, really performing you know there's not many people that are going to be able to knock on a major shippers uh, carriers uh, door and just walk in with the contract so the first thing i think everyone has to do is remove the thought process of getting a contract and just be prepared to put in work okay so i think the first thing that everyone should do is be prepared to get it out the mud you know get, get, be prepared to start small and just work your way up work your way up um, you want to identify opportunities in your in your local market. There's last mile op, uh, oper operation opportunity in every market because anywhere there's houses and internet, there's people that are receiving goods and packages, right? So you know you can do things like searching Indeed for whatever your equipment is. So if you have a box truck, box truck owner operator, right? If it's a van, cargo van owner operator, you know delivery services. Use keywords and look at the people that are posting these jobs and just pick up the phone and call them. Mm. You know, that's the, you know, it, it, it's not rocket science, right? And, it, and it's not some special formula. It's literally taking the time every day to push something forward, find out where the warehouses are. You know, um, I was big, bro, before I even had my business, right? Before I even had my business, I was making phone calls and going under false aliases with false business names, just trying to get information to figure out who I need to talk to, you know, the things that they wanted to get. Um, I had a big, uh, capability statement, you know, just lying, you know what I mean? <laughs> but because I wanted to get people's attention and kind of figure out what things were. So I think the first step for anybody is look into your local market. If last mile is what you want to do, look into your local market, find those opportunities. And then from there, just work backwards, make phone calls and, you know, find out the type of goods they're shipping, because that within itself might, may identify for you what type of equipment you need. You know, your local last mile market may not even require a full size Sprinter van. You may be able to get, a, you know, a punch buggy little Nissan van for what they want to do because they may only want to be moving prescriptions. So there's a lot of things um, that you could do to kind of set yourself up for success and identify the specific tools you're going to need to be, you know, successful in your in your lane, in your market. How do you how do you price your services when you when you just like kind of learn and figure out like because you don't want to get you know, Rob, you don't want to get screwed. You, you don't want to make sure you're charging too little. Like, how do you up, uh, go into pricing for, for your services? Yeah, so in most cases, in my experience, the carriers and shippers, they already have their prices, right? They already have their prices formally. They can tell you to the T, this is what we pay. So the first thing you have to do is identify what that is and then see how does that impact my business? Because it's, again, you have to earn those type of opportunities to sit down to the negotiation table with some of these people. Because, you know, where there's you, there's there's probably more. Right. So at the end of the day, again, you got to be prepared to get it out the mud. Right. Look at their numbers and you compare their numbers. OK, what do I have to do to make this a profitable business? 
How many packages do I need to deliver to break even daily? What do I need to be doing to, to set this up for, for, for success? And even if it's possible, you know, is it possible for me to run a successful business based off of this? Is it possible for me to grow and scale my last mile fleet based off this? Right. And, and last mile, is that kind of how you quantify everything and packages delivered? Is that like yeah. the metric that you look at the most, like the KPI? Yeah. Last mile is all about volume. You know, I tell people all the time, you know, one van isn't going to save your life. You know, honestly, I think, you know, with box trucks, you need to get to at least three to really start to feel it and see it. And with Sprinter vans and vans in general, I think you need to get to at least six, you know, before you really start to like feel it, you know, right. and see it. And, and it becomes like, you know, the real trucking type cash flow that, you know, people people speak on. So um, it's all about volume. Um, it's all about, you know, successful days, meaning that your drivers and you are, you know, um, completing and delivering the packages that you take out. You know, no one wants a, a, a carrier that we give you 100 pieces, right? And that's, we give you 100 pieces and, you know, at six o'clock and you got 50 of them left. Right. Because the customer is expecting it. Right. So they go based off that, you know, success, meaning, you know, what are your delivery expectations? How successful are you daily? You know, reliability, you know, um, because most last month operations are six to seven days. So we're talking about, you know, within my company, you know, we have an AM team and a PM team. So we got boxers running from the AM from the late, you know, late AM, early AM to, you know, nine, 10 in the morning. And we got vans starting up at nine, 10 in the morning. So right. it's literally, it's, you know, 24 hours. Um, and you it needs people, you know, so you have to have more than one. You know, you have if, if you have one van, you got to look to have two or three people because people will be people. You know, we mm. get sick. We have family emergencies. We have things that happen. But your shipper, your carrier does not care. Right. You know, so you either have to have a lot of people or you have to be prepared to do the work yourself. And that's the biggest thing about it. You know, be prepared to do the work yourself if it's what it requires for you to be successful. So, you know, we hear this term passive income and that's fine because this can grow to that point. But if you're going to truly have and scale the last month, you're going to have to get your hands dirty until you identify the people that can help you run your operation. So that way it's as close to passive for you as possible. Right. right. But what my end result is, what people see here now, this was not built from you know, me just starting with the driver from day one and doing that. This was built off my back, doing the work, showing people how to do the work, you know, and then from that point in time, being able to lead and coach where if you provide any type of excuse or something that doesn't make sense, I can speak to that because I know, you know, you so you can't, you know, you can't stick a can of oil, right? <laughs> so you can't tell me something about the role that I know this is, this is not how it works. So I can set the standards. Um, and hold them accountable based on my experience and my right. willingness to do the job. Right, right, right. Why do you, why do you think this space has now become so sexy? I mean, at one point, you know, conventional wisdom would say, you know, there's not a lot of money in box trucks or there's not a lot of money in sprinter vans. Why do you think now it's become popular and it's a term that's you know searched heavily? People are really trying to get into this space. What do you think is the meaning or the reason for that? I mean, it, you know. Anyone, you know, anyone, again, like I said, that can use the Internet to order things that you can identify the fact that there's only growth potential here. You know, there's only growth potential here. We, we're, see, we're seeing malls become, you know, parking lots. Right. Uh, big box companies are now going all e-commerce. These packages have to get to somebody. 
right? USPS doesn't even have enough vehicles to deliver all the packages day to day that transport and just move, you know, on a day to day thing. Um, also, the cost, you know, um, I will tell anybody any day, you know, the type of expenses that I have. Yes, I do have expenses, but they are nothing compared to some of the expenses that I know it requires to run these bigger truck companies. Right. right? So for me, again, it was I can make pretty good money, focus on volume and scale. And now I can make just as much money with way less expenses. Right. You know, if I'm focused on sustainable scaling. You know, if I'm focused on that, if I focus on running my business efficiently and effectively, I can, you know, my bottom line can be just as strong as anybody else's if I can do that. How, how big of, uh, how, how much impact do you think Amazon specifically has in the final mile space? Do you think oh, they, man. like, what, what do you think their impact is? Tremendous, man. They influence the whole thing. You know, they influence the whole thing. Like, it's, it's. It's amazing, you know, that they what they're doing. I, I, I firmly believe that without Amazon, the Postal Service will probably be under, you know, because, you know, it's just amazing how far within the logistics chain that Amazon has gotten right to the point where they have their own branded vehicles now. Right now you see Amazon uh, step vans like the big UPS vans. So they are literally, you know, not only becoming the supplier, they're also becoming, they also are the, the power in shipping, right? So it's like, you know, if you have that last mile operation, if you have box trucks, you have to, you don't have to build your business around doing business with Amazon, but you have to know they're there. Right. You have to know they're there because to me, I would say that they probably have the highest usage of box trucks at this current moment. Will there ever be a point where they, where they cut out, you know, their, their, third parties and they just do everything in-house? Do, yeah. do you think that that'll be a, a potential or, and how, and how does that affect you thinking long-term? Yeah, absolutely. You know, absolutely. I think, you know, once you get to a certain standpoint, the only thing Amazon can do at this point in time is just keep perfecting their game, right? So they can literally, you know, they got the products on lock. They got the best pricing. They got, you know, the two-day shipping thing. So they are trying to find ways to be more effective. And eventually it will come to that. We have all of our own equipment and we can do things in-house. Now, I think they will still leverage, you know, individual businesses to help them manage all of that. But I do see currently, you know, a shift is happening. So from that perspective, what I do is go out and get more relationships. You know, so currently I operate five for no limit and I don't dedicate all of my box trucks to Amazon. Right. So I have a contract with Home Depot where we do white glove delivery service throughout the day. Um, and, you know, so I try to I'm at this point putting myself in a position where I will have options, right? So my end goal is to, you know, uh, by end of this year to not have Amazon be, you know, the only and primary focus of my business, to have other options and diversity, right, within my operation. Got you. So as you scale the sprinters, you said you have 18 sprinters now, right? Correct. So is 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 it ever a worry for you to where it's like, okay, I got a bunch of sprinter vans, but then it becomes a point to where there's not a need for sprinter vans anymore. And then you have all these sprinter vans and you can't do anything with them. Like, does that ever cross your mind? Yeah. Well, again, you know, I truly, truly um, benefited from having good relationships. And not only that, identifying that I can't do it all. Right. So I got myself into a great partnership. Right. So and with those 18, we don't have all 18 in Jacksonville or just Atlanta. 
we split them, we separate them, you know, okay. so that way we can we can balance it out. Um, also, the same thing, you know, we want multiple customers. You know, we don't want just you know company A. We want company A through Z. You know, if you have a need for sprinters, we want to have talked to you to make you aware of what we can do. And just, again, continue to diversify our portfolio of who we do business with on a day-to-day basis. So I don't think there's a, at this moment, I don't have a fear of like, oh, you know, tomorrow we're going to wake up and no one's going to need Sprinter Vans. I, I don't have that. I think that this is, that's going to be, it's going to take a lot for that to happen where you can eliminate that process of getting the package to the person. Right. You know, I, I, I think that, you know, the, the biggest thing on my radar is waiting till it's like electric sprinter vans right yeah being in position to do that and at the same time we don't tie ourselves to all the assets you know so we're not you know going out and buying a thousand vans you know like you know you know at this point when we want to scale we will we will rent and and lease as we need to to prepare for that so that way we have complete flexibility so when the market goes up we can add to it when it goes back then when it goes down we can give them vans back Mm. so we're just capitalizing on every opportunity so we move as the seasons move you know we scale up scale down so that's kind of how we are protecting ourselves from from a cliff like that is it that easy to just kind of get the vans and give them back is there a process you have to give them a, a notice like how, how does that work with real relationships you can you know you um we have everyone you know in any city if you do business with penske and Ryder and the major leasing companies majority of the time you'll have a, a leasing uh, representative Right. And it's up to it's up to you to have a good relationship with this person. You know, so it's not a difficult task for me to call my my leasing agent and tell them, hey, you know, the next time you guys get a, a, a van in, you know, give me a call. I'll come pick it up and utilize it. And, and again, if you have those expectations, you can set those terms up from the very beginning. Hey, I'm going to you know, you can get uh, lease leases with with opt out options. You know, if you if you know this is the business you're in, you can get lease options from some dealership that just have vans sitting and they just need to make money. They will well, give you know, let us get a month to month lease. Mm. As long as you understand what the expense is and you know that you can generate the revenue to 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 take care of that expense. You know, it's all good. Got you. Roundabouts, what would it cost to lease a Sprinter van for, for someone? Just, just a rent. Just you throw a number out there. Just I would, to give them an idea. Leasing, leasing, renting wise, I would say probably around like eleven hundred to twelve hundred bucks a month. Got gotcha. a good relationship. And if that van is running consistently, based on your experience, what can that van make you monthly? Yeah, I would say that on uh, for in a fair market with just doing packages, you know, six to seven days a week, I would say you would be looking at about eighty five hundred bucks a month in revenue. Okay, for per per truck. Um, like I said, you know, we, I have two vans that I own, right? So I have vans, but you know, $600 payments, you know, but again, I evaluated that before I committed to it, you know, for it. So to me, it was a much safer bet for me to buy vans compared to buying more box trucks. Right. Because like you said, it's a smaller vehicle, right? You know, these are, they're just like, it's like delivering pieces. It's just, you know, it's, it's nothing too special about these vans other than just, you know, bigger. Right. Right. So the maintenance is way less. You know, the all the insurance um, requirements are way less. So I felt good about taking the risk and purchasing two, right? So that way I do have a couple of assets. So altogether, you know, out of the, just in Jacksonville alone, right? Out of the nine, uh, 15 vehicles, you know, we have in Jacksonville, I only own three of them, you gotcha. know, and two of them vans and one box truck. And if something happens, you know, God forbid, whenever, 
I can, we can return everything, right? And still keep our shirt on our back and be able to posit, reposition ourselves if and when needed. Got you, got you. So, so as I listen, it's not even really about scale with you necessarily. It's about growing with the seasons. You, you add capacity, you lower capacity. So there's no number you're trying to necessarily get to. It's more so whatever is on an as-need basis. Do, it, do what you do and do it as efficient as possible. Right. Right. You know, we, because we're finding new opportunities every day, you know, and that, now we just add to the revenue, right? But we want to have good practices in place that make sure we're getting maximum efficiency because you're going to make a lot of money. But the goal is to, to make a lot of money and retain a lot as well. Gotcha. You know, so being on top of our expenses, being on top of our fuel expenses and, and doing, you know, having safety procedures in place that limit our uh, exposure to incidents and things like that. That's what's important. But to me, ultimately, as I said, you know, it's, it's, it's going to require more in, in order to have a, a, a operating fleet. Yeah, it, it's going to it's going to require some vehicles. Right. And, you know, your month to month may change. You know, you again, you may find more opportunities that help you increase your utilization of the van. So by that, I mean, let's say, for example, I got a van every day and one and I got a new customer and they may not need me every single day for a van. Right. right. They may a fish store. Right. A local fish store that wants to drop off goods to people around the city. They may need us two days out of the week. Right. So I, but I may by me understanding, you know, what my equipment is doing. I can see if I can possibly provide service to that customer, right, and increase the utilization of that van in, in terms of increasing revenue in that bottom line. So you'll find different and creative ways of doing business. So that's the biggest thing, as I said, that people have to be prepared to do if you want to get into that last mile, local last mile space is knock on doors, mm. you know, find opportunities. And when you find them, be focused on delivering excellent service. And when you do that, what you'll see is that they will prefer you. And they will call you out. And when it's more business, they're going to give it to you. Got you. Got you. There's something I, I know you always talk about, like your mantra is like a road to 100 jobs. Right? Yes, sir. Why, why yes, sir. is that important to you? And what's that? That's a, what is that about? Tell me about that. Road to, you know, um, the road to 100 jobs. I personally um, have found passion, right, in creating jobs. I found passion in, in knowing that my efforts day to day help feed families, right? And I know that in order for me to build the type of company that I want to build, to leave a lasting legacy, I'm going to need people. So I try to lead with that compared to, you know, road to a, a dollar figure amount, right? I want to be rewarded in, in just essentially providing opportunity and not just providing opportunity, developing people. You know, I have multiple people who started as drivers with me that now have their own fleets. You know, I have multiple people that drive for me now, drive for No Limit now, and they are working on getting their own fleet. And I empower them to do that, right? Because I see a, a great amount of opportunity in transportation. I love where I'm from. You know, I'm from Jacksonville, Florida. It's, it's, a, it's a great place, right? I love it. And I love the people that make that city up. And I feel that we have the opportunity to really capitalize on what's going on nationwide and transportation in general, and just and, and have our own thing that we're doing. So the road to 100 jobs is just something to keep me focused on the real goals and objective and not be driven by money and all that other stuff is really, I want to create opportunity. So I always say my job is to create more jobs. Mm, got you. And, and, and working with people, you keep on saying people, 
How have how, how's the response from the people been? How how has your people treated you? Good, man. You know, um, just like I say, you know, you get out, you know, what you put in. And I, I just firmly believe that if you are a real leader, right, and not just a boss and you are effectively leading and not asking people to do things that you will not do yourself, that you're not willing to do yourself, I think you'll always get good results. You know, you be fair with people, um, pay them fairly, right? You know, I'm not, um, <laughs> things will always, for me, go into the favor of my driver. Right. You know, if it's ever any question, right, if it's ever a balance between, you know, it's always how, what's the absolute most I can pay them and be OK in some scenarios. Right. It's, you know, if it's ever any anything, I'm going to put it in the favor of the driver, because, again, if I want to deliver thousands of packages a day, I won't do that by myself. And I, I have to have people. I have to have people that believe in the vision. I have to have people that love No Limit the way I love No Limit in order for it to be successful. Right. So, you know, learning how to lead, learning how to recruit people and retain them is vital, you know, and it's been crucial for me. I mean, you know, just like I know in the CDL market, that's the that's the biggest thing right now. You know, everyone has trucks, yeah. but not a lot of people have the drivers. Yeah. Right. So now we're talking about people that don't have to have any type of commercial driver license and things like that. But I try to encourage them. Hey, let's find out more about the industry. You know, where do you see yourself fitting into it? You got one driver. I just helped him gave him a scholarship and now he's going to be get certified as a diesel mechanic. You know, one day that's going to bring value to me. And it's not it wasn't about being able to say that I did or anything. It's the fact that he put in effort, you know, and I exchange information for effort, you know, because no one gave it to me. Right. But. And I know that a lot of people see it and they want to be a part of it, yeah. but they don't know how to how to get started and where to get started. It's it's not just something you can just pick up and do. You have to you have to go through it, yeah. you know. But it's, again, it's it, it's all circling around the people. You yeah. know, you have to have the people in your favor. And you know, to date, I've been really good, man. I think I, in my two years doing it, I've had to fire one person. Mm. You know, I've had some people for multiple years. And, um, and like I said, all my drivers bring me more drivers. And I, I just, you know, I feel confident in saying that if it's someone that says they've been affiliated with No Limit, that they should, you know, I would expect them to have good things to say about our leadership because I, I pride myself in being fair, you know, and just overall being a, a good person. And I feel that that within itself, by me showing respect to my people, by me, you know, empowering them to come speak to me anytime, you know, never feel like I'm on this ivory tower you know, I'm in the trenches with them. They packing, they packing up the van. I'm packing up the van with you. You know, I'm not showing up and, you know, am I all white and stuff like? You know, I showed the work. I'm there. You know, I'm. You know, we're bringing drinks in. We're 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 showing respect. We're asking how your parents are. We're doing all those type of things. So overall, you know, that within itself has been very, very, very critical to my success to date. Has been the support of the people in my community. Right, right. What what what's what's one thing that changed about you? Uh, throughout your your journey in business, now from the beginning, from Chris Bright first getting into business, now your first couple of months to now, what's one thing you got identified that changed about you that you can that you can see, or that people see in you? Just it's even better. Just patience, man. Just patience, patience. You know, commit to the process, not being driven by the money. You know, really being driven by the impact that I can have. You know, I think one of the biggest eye opening experiences for me was um, when the pandemic started, you know, one of my drivers uh, went down, you know, he went down with COVID. And um, and although I didn't have to do it while he was out, you know, this is without any uh, government loans and stuff like that, you know, 
I still paid him. You know, I paid him. And um, and when he came back, you know, we had a very, very authentic conversation. And he really let me know, like, you know, man, like, my family really appreciates you. And that for me, it did everything. Like that that lit the fire for me. It's like, man, you know, I can really do this. You know, I can really make a make a change. You yeah. know, I can really do that. So for me, overall, the patience is the the biggest thing that I've gained over the past year and a half, two years, and just not being so driven by what's happening right now, you know, because in trucking and business, you're gonna go through ups and downs, you know, but if you allow the current down to demotivate you, you can never get through it. Yeah. So it's been like, you know, be patient, you know. I, I love that. Patience. So what are you being patient for? What's the end goal? <laughs> Patience is just finding the opportunities to grow. Right. So, you know, I could easily, you know, call the bank up tomorrow or call Penske tomorrow and say, hey, I need more trucks and try to, you know, get them on. But the patience is knowing that I can, but I don't have to. Right. Right. You know, right. that's the beauty in it. I can wait until the right opportunity comes. I can be driven now by contracts, by real opportunities compared to putting myself in position where I put stress on myself when I never when I didn't have to. Right. You know, it's almost like in order for me to add value to my business, I don't have to add trucks. I have to just focus on perfecting the process. You know, we I often overlook, you know, because I'm critical of myself. But I have to sometimes be reminded that, Chris, you haven't even been doing this for two years yet. <laughs> right. You know, and that to me sometimes is it's one of them humbling moments. And like, you know what? You're right. I don't have to force it. You know, I, I can take my time. And right, right now, why, while I am waiting to grow, right, make things better. Yeah. Learn how to better operate my business. Learn how to, you know, save more money on gas. Learn how to do the things that, when it does, when when stuff really does hit the fan, right? I won't have time to stop and go do. Right. So in, I'm just learning to, like I said, just enjoy the process. Got you. What other opportunities do you see out there that that you've identified just in your research? Is there anything else that you have your eye on that looks like this is next for me? Yeah, warehousing. Mm. Warehousing. You know, I um, it's funny, man, because I. I know that trucks are trucks are great, right? But I always want to know, you know, what more? What more is there? You know, and and, um, and on that entire vertical, you know, Nipsey Jolly, you know, we, we we integrated vertically. Right. And it's like, you know what, that's what else is there to the truck? You know, I don't have to add more businesses to 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 grow, right? I can just go deeper in what I'm what I'm doing. Right. Right. So for me, it was like, okay. What's next? Because before the freight gets here, it's coming from somewhere, right? It's being stored somewhere. It's sitting somewhere. These people are coming here every day to cross dock and to sort things out and to and, and get them for distribution. So for me, it's like, how can I get deeper into that last mile chain? Right. So I'm learning things about, you know, the full global supply chain, you know, learning about free trade zones and, you know, hooked up with Shaq, the Shaq attack, you know, <laughs> again, relationships, yeah, right? Yeah. Learning just, you know, just trying to figure out how I can make my business better, you know? So, but overall, the, the thing that interests me most right now is warehousing, primarily because I know that if I can understand that well enough to build a profitable, sustainable business, it's, it's, it's going to have to yield jobs, Yeah, you know? So yeah. it, it's almost like, Again, that's like, how can I make more jobs? I was like, okay, I could put one person in each van, 
one person each box truck. Well, how can I get 20 people here, you know, to have different jobs and, and things like that? So that's that's why it's important to me. And as I said, it's just I, I want to go deeper and not wider. Yeah, yeah. Now I love that, bro. Great, great, great answer. Well, I think we 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 pretty much covered it, bro. Uh, <laughs> we went from A to Z, like I said, just just Really, you know, I I know a little bit of your story because I we have a relationship and, I, and I've been you know watching what you're doing and you know we have mutual friends and everything. But to kind of just sit down and hear you talk about it, it just puts it in a, a another perspective for me, especially your direction, what what you're passionate about, you know, what's important to you. It makes what you're doing even more special, Absolutely. you know, especially. When you sound told me the story about your your employee that went down with COVID, like that was dope. You yeah. know what I'm saying? For yeah. you to even say, most people would say, you know, one plus one equals two. He's not working, I'm not paying. Yeah. You know, but you 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 went a little bit deeper and you knew that uh, you know, that would kind of um, you know, just 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 solidifying that relationship with your people and just showing your people the lengths that you would go go to to make sure that they're okay. Yeah. And I think that that little step, not look, that was a huge step actually is going to resonate with the, the rest of your people. And it really shows something about your character, what you're trying to build. Yeah. And it shows that you're not just talking. Right. Absolutely. You're living it. You yeah. know what I'm saying? You're not just, it's, not, it's just not a, a cute hashtag. <laughs> it's really what you're about. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like absolutely. you got receipts, like they like to yeah. say. So um, so that's dope, bro. Um, you know, let's 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 kind of wrap it up. As we wrap up, you know, we got to get the final thought in. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. You've been dropping some jewels all episode. <laughs> so, so let's do the final thought. And then lastly, Let's everybody know where they can connect with you directly and you know learn more about No Limit and yeah. um, you know everything else you got going on. Yeah. So let's start with the final thought, man. Uh, my final thought, man, is just um, you know lead with your heart. You know lead with your heart. Um, I think we all know you know of the benefits, right, of what we see as being the end goals of people processes that these super successful truck truck uh, business owners and you know we see that. But just be patient and understanding that everybody had to get started. You know, everybody. There's not many people that I know that started with more than one. You know, like this all started from one. And when it comes specifically to Last Mile, you know, you can too. You know, you can get started with as little as your car. So just in final, like, you know, I would just encourage anybody, you know, who's listening, right? Maybe the next person like myself. You know, I got inspired from the first episode. So. If, if you know in your heart that you want to start a business, that you want to be committed to a business and you don't mind being the business until it can grow, that baby can take care of you, you know, look into last mile. It's a, it's a great opportunity. It's a tremendous market. And again, you don't have to think that the only way to make trucking, to make money in trucking is by getting going the traditional way. Right. You know, there are tons of ways to make money in trucking. There's a lot of money that's made before it go, goes on, on a truck or a van or anything. So don't be afraid to push the boundaries and, and you know, really find what speaks to you. And, you know, as long as you're doing that and you lead with your heart, you be fair to your people, you'll see success. You know, um, as far as me, you know, I'm on Instagram, Last Mile Legend. I have a project that I'm starting pretty soon, Start Small and Big. It's going to be a how-to guide on starting the Last Mile fleet. Um, and for overall, as I said, you know, I'm, I'm always trying to help, but there's only so many people you can help at one time. So the best way for me to do this was just to uh, put together some something where I can impact more than one person at a time. So we're going to have an ebook coming out very soon. We're also going to do a monthly how-to guide and a monthly group consult. So for me, that's my contribution because I think it's often overlooked. You know that hey, I would love to help you, but at the same time, 
I'm building a business. Right. You know, so it's difficult sometimes to stop, pause and, and to help. But I feel that by me doing this, I can at least identify the opportunity when someone does express interest. I can show them, hey, this is, you know, the best way for us to lock in and get information. Um, and overall, man, like I said, I, I'm I'm just here, man. I'm thankful. It's been a great 19, 20 months. Yeah. Um, and I just look forward to, to what's to what's to come next. So hopefully next time we'll be celebrating, you know, maybe going to road to 500 jobs. Who knows? No doubt, man. I'm, I'm truly inspired, bro. Like I said, it's, it's always better. It hits different, as they say, when you watched it yourself. Yeah. Now, I remember, like I said, I literally remember you being like just a brother who just supported the podcast, wasn't even in trucking yet. Yeah. Yeah. Now here you are, man. You're inspiring people. You're employing yeah, people. And you're teaching people. So, man, what a difference a couple, like, 20 months can make. Man. You know, it's a testament to just hard work, dedication. You could really make something happen, man. Yeah, man. So, so I appreciate you being here, bro. No doubt, brother. No Thank doubt. you so much. Let's get it, man. Hustle fam. Let's go. You know how we do it around this time. If you smell something burning, it's only your desire. Me and the last mile legend, Chris Bright, we out. Let's Later. get it.